you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Coming up on Total Access, the locker room. Maurice is doing his thing, and he couldn't get his shoe on right. Coach is like, Jenner's get in the game. Little Eddie said, hug, get the ball. <laughs> 30-yard touchdown, first oh. time. Oh! Hey, so I'm beating my chest. I'm screaming and everything. Maurice started spatting. His shoe never <laughs> fell off again. Welcome to NFL Total Access, the locker room. I'm Brian Billick, and I'm typically joined by Michael Robinson, but he can't be here today, which is a shame because he's missing out on chatting with one of the more multi-talented former NFL running backs around, Rashad Jennings. And you're going to love hearing about this is truly a renaissance man and the number of different things that he's involved with. And here he is, former NFL running back, actor, author, and championship dancer. I don't know that I've ever put those those qualities together. Rashad Jennings. Rashad, thanks for taking the time to uh, spend some time with us. Absolutely, my pleasure. Now you know when you we, this is this is called uh, NFL Total Access, the locker room. So we begin each session. You got to have a good locker room story for us, and this isn't uh, this isn't uh, you know this is the the real stuff. This isn't for TV now. This is for a podcast. So you got you got to have a few locker room stories for us. I mean, we got we got tons of locker room <laughs> stories, man. I, um, I think one of the funniest locker room stories. Um, well, one, we have a joke that's still going on today. It's a 10 year joke. We can't, we're still waiting for this dude to realize that has been a joke, but, really but one that I definitely can share. We had a guy and I keep his name out of, we had a rookie at the time. This is when I was in New York playing with the giants and, um, we had a rookie. We always give rookies a hard time, right? You just got to, if, if you didn't give a rookie a hard time, feel right. like, yeah, you didn't, you, you didn't do it right. You didn't play ball. Right. So. You know, we make the rookies carry our bags from time to time if it's an away game, right? And so this one particular rookie, um, again, hiding his name, but he used to, we used to ha have him carry our bags, and he had to carry his as well. So, you know, he was really nice, and so we was like, man, we don't want him to carry our bags anymore. Let's just, let's just play a prank where he only carries his bag, but we'll put some extra weights in it, <laughs> right? So all the rookies, we put some weights in their bags, all of them. 
So they're carrying, we, we put them in a position where they have to rush to catch the flight. So they're nervous. So they pick up a bag and it's extra heavy and they're running around with a suit and a, and a large bag and uh, with some extra, you know, pound weights. So they're frustrated and they figure out pretty relatively quick. Oh man, there's some weights in here. Let me take the weights out, man. Somebody got me. Ha ha ha. But it was this one rookie that didn't realize that weights were in his bag. So the whole entire season, he would walk around with an extra 25-pound plate in his bag. And he didn't flinch. He didn't think that it was a weight hidden underneath the cushion or nothing. He just continued. And so we didn't ask him. Uh, we just laughed. And he never knew why we were laughing. So I asked him about after the fourth game away, I'm like, bro, have you not realized that your bag is heavy? And he said, yeah, 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 it is pretty heavy. And like, just go, like, just, yeah, you're right. And I said- I'm glad you, I'm glad you noticed that, but it didn't even occur to him. Yeah, and he said, I said, look, man, I feel bad. We, look, we put an extra 25 pound plate in your bag. You might want to take it out. He said, oh, I thought that was my iPad weighing me down because I downloaded a lot of music. <laughs> like, I can't make this up. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god oh. so that was just like that's been the joke of of the century for me in locker rooms this kid really thought because he downloaded it was heavy because he downloaded a lot of music yeah oh that's like the old yogi bear story when they get delivered a pizza and they say you want us to cut it up eight eight ways or 16 ways he goes <laughs> oh, you better cut it up eight i don't think i can eat 16 so yeah <laughs> i love it that's awesome. Well, I, I'm, I'm fascinated to visit with you, Rashad, because, you know, you really are a renaissance man. But before we get there, I want to go back. Tell me a little bit about your, your football journey, how, how that, you know, when you realized that you were going to, you started out at the University of Pittsburgh, then you went back to Liberty uh, for some different reasons, uh, personal reasons, things you need to take care of. Tell me a little bit about your football journey before you got to the NFL. I, I appreciate that question. Um, everybody's route to the NFL is very unique and custom to them. Mine, um, I grew up a very overweight, chubby kid. Uh, really? Yes, man. Glasses, asthma, a 0.6 GPA at one point in time. Fifth string running back in high school, saying that I want to play in the <laughs> oh, NFL. Geez. So I had to overcome a lot of adversity uh, to make those dreams come true. Uh, uh, and that was a point in my life, uh, my junior year, I I started taking ownership and responsibility. I stopped blaming people. I stopped making excuses. I started looking in the mirror. And, um, you know, the rest from there was history. But, you know, I started off at, uh, at a high school. I transferred. I repeated my junior year. Uh, I took nine homeschool classes, nine summer school classes on top of the regular academics for two years in a row. I got my GPA up uh, to the point where I could actually go to college. Uh, I went through the clearinghouse a little bit late. I made it. I went to Pittsburgh University, started University of Pittsburgh, started there for my rookie year, um, played well, was a starting running back. My father got his leg amputated back wow. in Virginia, where I'm from. So I left Pittsburgh University, University of Pittsburgh, and I transferred to Liberty University because that's only 10 minutes from my house. Right. I wanted to be there for my father and my mom and help them out. You know, they took care of me for 19 years. At that point, I figured I could be there for them for three through my college career. And 
Um, you know, I got I got clowned and hazed a little bit because I left a big school to an unknown liberty. Um, but I found out the world was round. You do, you know, you do what's right in life enough to come back to you. So got my opportunity. I went to the NFL, seventh round draft pick to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, the only reason I got drafted there is because I went to the the uh, all-star game. Was it North, North, what is it, South versus yeah, South versus. Yeah, it used to be the North South. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and um, I was a leading rusher there. the The Jacksonville Jaguars uh, coached the South, the team I was on, so they actually got to know me personally. They got to know my work ethic, um, and because of that, they were shocked that I was on a draft board seventh round, and they 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 picked me. Played there four years. Uh, went to the Oakland Raiders for one year, prove yourself type of deal. Then I, tra- I did transfer. Then I went through free agency and got picked up as a giant. And, um, you know, the rest is kind of led into Dancing with the Stars, New York Times bestseller, uh, philanthropic work, and all the other things that I kind of wear hats for. Well, and if, if my normal partner in these podcasts is Mike Robinson, I know he would love hearing your story because Mike was kind of the same way, had to overcome a lot of things and perspectives and to make it into the NFL. And, and the fact, you know, of course you, 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 you being uh, the way you were coming up and not playing and that just makes the coaches look bad. I mean, not seeing the talent that they had in you uh, now they can look back and go, it's like Michael Jordan, not starting on his high school basketball team. You know, it's funny saying that. So I've had a few coaches along the way in high school that, I, that benched me and never played me. Right. They're like, oh, man, Rashad, that's, you're doing great, man. Can you come, you know, talk to my team and kind of motivate them? <laughs> and I always tell I'm like, listen, I'm going to tell them the truth. <laughs> and they, they say, yeah, man, that's what they need to hear, the truth. I say, okay. So I go, you know, I encourage them, do all the things, and I, and I tell them. Uh, I said I was told that I wasn't good enough to play by this guy. <laughs> that <laughs> had to go over yeah so hey j- <laughs> you know just kind of be real with these kids that listen don't ever this is something that i'm i really hold strong to me yeah and and, and and it has so much meaning in my life don't ever let somebody define you right don't ever let somebody define you because if you allow them first of all they will second of all then you will find yourself trying to live up to their definition long enough until you mature enough to realize your own, right? So early as possible, don't let nobody define you. That doesn't mean be arrogant. That doesn't mean, you know, uh, be disrespectful. Um, just don't let any labels attached to you that you don't appreciate or, or, or side by because you really will find yourself having to um, live up to their dictionary. That's a great, great message to share. Now, I, I've got to ask, in 2017, you became the Dancing with the Stars champion. And I'm looking, when I'm, I was looking at your, your resume, right? Yeah. And, and I, I've got as much info on what you danced, when you danced, and how, as I do stats from the NFL. That, that had to be an incredible process to go through. Did you know what you were getting into when you signed up for that? No. Listen. Yeah. Listen, I, when I tell you no, I mean no. So every, I'm, in, I'm a true audited dad, despite the education in my adolescent years. I, I love learning. I'm truly addicted to learning. So I, one thing in the NFL I would do, every offseason I pick up a new craft. The first offseason I picked up archery. The next offseason I picked up uh, magic tricks. The next offseason um, I picked up uh, Olympic-style fencing. 
you know, the, the next off season, I picked up a guitar. Like, so every single off season, I just pick up something until I'm good enough at it where I can either be competitive or teach it myself. Wow. And so this last off season, I, I was at a shindig with my friends and there was a commercial going on in the background. And I saw some people moving around dancing. Like I've never seen, I don't know what the heck ballroom dancing is. Right. And so I looked and I was like, yo, that is dope. What in the world are they doing? One of my friends overheard me and she said, oh, they're doing the cha-cha. Like, what the heck is a cha-cha? And she said, that's ballroom dance. I'm like, what the hell is, what is ballroom dancing? So she she went to explain and I said, you know what? I want to learn how to do that. Wow. I said, I'm going to do this all season. So I trained in Fort Lauderdale, Florida from about 8, 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. And um, free for the rest of the day, right? So I Googled, I mapped. I put this in my maps on my Apple phone, like the nearest ballroom studio. I went in. Now, this is I don't know nothing about the culture, linguistics, nothing. I go in with a tank top on. I just I'm sweaty. I just finished working out, you know, and I open the door. Ding. And it's dainty. Like people are very elegant and quiet. You know, I don't know nothing about this. So it's so bad. I didn't even know how to ask for what I wanted. The lady said, can I help you? And I said, yeah, I'm, I'm looking to see if the cha-cha is here. <laughs> like, you don't like as a person. And she so, think it's the guy delivering pizza from the door. <laughs> yeah. So she pulled me aside and uh, she said, do you want to learn how to do the cha-cha? I said, yes, ma'am. And she said, private or public? I said, definitely private. I don't want nobody to see that. <laughs> and uh, a week, she said, we don't have any availability until two weeks from today. Sure, no problem. I'll be back. Sure enough, kid you not, like, very serendipitous. A week from that day, Dance with the Stars call. Wow. I never learned at the ballroom studio. And ironically enough, the very first dance I learned was the cha-cha. So in my head, I'm thinking, all right, cool. I guess I can just, you know, learn from a professional. I learned this cha-cha and I kind of be on my way. Next dance, next dance, next dance, next dance. Before I knew it, I'm like, hold up. I might can win this thing. So that's kind of how it all happened for me. Well, when I'm, look I'm looking at the, the sequence here, and it, you had the cha-cha, you had the samba, the waltz, the tango. I mean, what the rumba, what, what was the hardest of those styles of dance to, to, to get into? Uh, the hardest for me probably was the, I would say quick step. I would say it was hardest for me because it's like, I don't know, it, it isn't my vibe, but like the rumba is sexy. Like you just all. felt it, huh? Cha cha is fun. That's all I mean, right? Like, so I was, it was a few dancers that I was in the zone, and one wow. of them was a rumba. So, if you ever want to see what I, my zone looked like, go watch me dance the rumba. And I, I've actually fell in love with dance. I still continue. I found this art called Zouk, Z O U K. It comes from Brazil, and um, it's a beautiful dance. And uh, it's, 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 uh, it's not ballroom dance, it's actually. Uh, community dance like salsa, bachata, wow. et cetera. So you can go do social dance anywhere with this. That's awesome. Well, you, and I'm also, I, I've, I've written a number of books as well. I do a lot of corporate speaking and I'm intrigued. Uh, you wrote a book, Times Bestseller, The If in Life. Tell me about that. I appreciate that. And uh, I had to hear some about your books, man. But yeah, The If in Life, I titled it that. It's a play on words. When you spell out the word life, if is in the middle, L-I-F-E. Right. So I went through 15 chapters kind of exploiting how pivotal and important and impactful that one little word is to the success and failures 
of all of our lives, how it shapes us. And I went, you know, through from childhood to up to date to my thirties at that particular time when I wrote it, given my illustration through my studies of psychology and sociology, my heart for philosophy and my current study right now, um, getting licensed to be a premarital marital counselor. I look at life through a different lens. Um, I love people. I appreciate perspective. I love how the pulse of life. And so uh, it, it challenges a reader to be honest with themselves of where their biggest if moments is, are, were, and uh, could be um, in, a, in a unique way. So yeah, I'm, I'm appreciative of everybody that picked it up and really yeah. has, you know, the emails are awesome I get from folks. Was it kind of cathartic for you in that you, when you, I'm sure you drew on your experiences, you talked about being chubby and, you know, not, not being picked, you know, in, in team sports and the, the your, your different teams. Did it give you a stronger perspective of having gone through that? It did. It did. And, and writing the book, you know, I, I chat for adults. I, I would say this inside of writing a book. One thing I learned was, especially as a man, I would say you try to build a life, right? You try to, you try to, you try to provide a way in a life to spend it with people you love. And often times for me, I always found myself away from the people I love in order to build the life I want to spend with them. Right. And, you know, through dedicating myself and sacrificing time to training and traveling, you know, I find myself alone and through a lot of successful people will kind of show you through the lenses of their life that in order to be successful, you got to be okay with being alone, but trying to find that balance of, I'm trying to build a life to spend with these people, but I'm away from these people while I'm building it. Where's the balance? Wow. You know what I mean? And, and like, it's so many deep levels that I wrote through this in this book in no way shape or form of is this kitty is very philosophical in um the if in life did it did it lead you to it's i mean you just said you're you're going you're getting certified in, in premarital counseling is that is this did this lead you to one of those types of experiences and why that's that's an interesting <laughs> field for you to get into yeah i it is it's i was it is different from especially, you know, the, the, the culture I come from, from my background of sports, uh-huh. I just two reasons. One, it is a very philanthropic thing. Um, I give back tons. I spend time dedicated in communities and most broken communities have broken marriages. Most healthy communities have healthy marriages. Right. And so taking that simplicity, how can I heal this from the hierarchy level? Well, not re-educate, not even educate, but heal the commutative narrative of marriages. It's something about it, right? And and also for me, my faith, um, you know, as in God asked you to love your wife like Christ loved the church. And for me, you know, my salvation is wrapped in that. So that must mean something. So like, it's, it's a real study for me. Um, again, going back to my, my love for people and which is why I love Dance with the Stars because now I, I got a new perspective. I see everything through romantic lenses. Yeah, that's great. Right? And so dancing is cool because I now get to write about ballroom dancing merging so much with marriage of a man and a woman and man must lead. But the only reason he even is on the floor is to make her feel beautiful. There's no other reason for him to be there, right? And like, so 
there's a lot of synergy between that. So, but I, I could talk on and on. I do have a heart um, for people and, and seeing people. Love is the best item of clothing somebody could ever wear. It's wow. beautiful to see on people. That's such great perspective to, to be able. And you've now taken it on to now you've, you've written a child's uh, children's book, The Coin Slot Chronicles. Tell me about that. Yes, sir. The Coin Slot Chronicles, man. I, uh, I love this book and the whole series and the things that we're doing with it. Uh, we're, we're, we're looking to turn it into a cartoon uh, now. And um, th those conversations are neat. Like, so for me, again, I, I grew up, right? The, the, the overweight kid, the, the goof. You know, the kid asks too many questions and always find himself in trouble. Not not lawful trouble, but just mischievous stuff, right? The kid that you, the parent just want to say, look, because I said so, right? That's, that's enough, you know, because he asked too many questions. I know that as a young male, I didn't enjoy reading. <laughs> it's very hard for young boys to sit in front of yep. a book and consume it. I know that, but I also realized that was part of the reason why I had to read a comprehension deficit. So how can I help that kid? Well, let's, let's write a dope book that, that he can fall in love with. And boy, so there is a, if you will, there is a science literally made to make potato chips addictive, right? There's a particular amount of carbohydrates, sodium, and fat that makes an addictive taste um, psychologically too. Um, and releasing endorphins that make you not be able to eat one. And so as, a, as an author, I wanted to figure out a, a solution to write mm -hmm. in such a way that is addictive for young males to read. And I wrote that and I worked that and I studied that and the re reviews are ridiculous on how much young males are reading these books. And so for me, I'm trying to go back and save the kid I was. And I also know, you know, 85% of the people that are incarcerated have a reading grade level of third or below. There is something tied to cognitive mind, being able to read that causes you to be a law by a citizen. So again, like for me, looking at a high resolution level of how I can heal as many minds, as many people and connections as I can is through uh, marriage and relationships and children and books. Now what's, what's the significance of the coin slot? What, what is that? What's that, what's that title about? Yeah, so the Coin Slot Chronicles. So R.K. Livingston is a dope character. Um, he runs across this golden token, yeah, right? And he's get, he's receiving it by a mysterious uh, librarian. While he's trying to figure out what this coin slot is made for, he goes on a journey. Long story short, he realizes that every time he 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 gets this token, he puts it on his neck, and it's like a charm. And he tucks it in his shirt every time he runs around and asks a question. And then he doesn't know the answer to the charm starts to get warm. Like in the first time he moves it around, like, that was weird. The next time he asks somebody, hey, I don't understand why blah, 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 blah. It gets really warm again. And so he finally realizes that it's hot. He takes and anytime it touches his skin, these golden doors shingle around him. And as soon as he let go, it disappears. If he holds it long enough, there's a coin slot that appears. He takes his necklace off, he puts it in the slot, and it takes him into a, a, an alternative world to teach him wow. his truest uh, desires. And so he gets to travel back in history, um, travel to, you know, he starts off uh, on, uh, on a rodeo bull, all kind of places. And every time he jumps in, it teaches him a valuable lesson about life. Wow. Uh, and, and so that's the coin slot chronicles and figure that's out how he finds fun. the truth. And, and limitless. You could take that thing out a million different ways. That's great. I love it. Anywhere, man. It's fun.
you know, you have the best perspective. We're coming up on the draft. You were you were a seventh round draft pick out of a small school. What and and you're the perfect person to ask because you have such a broad view of it all. What would you advise to someone? Same circumstance, maybe under the radar, smaller school, you know, about about getting noticed, about being selective and then showing up and, and, and being an NFL player. One, I would say I tell everybody the NFL is not an obligation at all. It truly is a privilege and it's an opportunity. Take advantage of it and, and don't don't see yourself larger than life in it. Playing in the NFL is a continuation of college. You know, you go to school, you try to figure out what to do with this degree. If you're, if you're blessed enough to play ball, you, you're afforded to just X amount of years before you have to utilize your degree, right? So I, I would tell any athlete, your plan B must be to accomplish plan A, period. Dedicate yourself to your art and your craft, right? Make the sacrifices. Going back to being okay with being alone. Separate yourself from people while you can and circle yourself with people that you know that will be there for you. But right. there is a small fraction of window of life that you have to maximize. You won't get the time back. You won't get the networking time back. Right. And so you have to really fast forward as much as you can and re-engineer where you want to be in life. Um, put yourself at being 30 years old and look backwards. Like you really have to engineer yourself, but the, the game I tell guys to, to the speed of the game is, um, is different. Right. Not, not the speed of the players, right? Like a four or five is a four or five is a four right. or five, but the, but people are reacting a lot quicker. And so if a hole as a running back, if a hole was open for three seconds of college, now it's only open for 1.5, yeah. you know? And so the, the game is faster. And how do you help yourself slow down the game? It's like a ceiling fan. That thing is on full blast, it's rolling. But if you focus in on one, you see it better, right? And so you got to truly study the game um, inside and out. Yeah, amazing, amazing message. You know, now I got to ask our, our, our colleague, Maurice Jones-Drew, you were with in Jacksonville. Mojo. You got you to give me something on JD, you know, because he's obviously strong personality. He's got, but you got to give me something, Mike, and I can come back with MJD next time I see him. Mojo, yeah. Hey, listen, Maurice, my guy, man. I, I came in. Me and Maurice lived and we shared a, a house together before I was even drafted. You know, we had the same agent, financial folks, trained at the same facility. Like me and him bonded before we ever. We didn't think we was gonna be on the same team. Wow. Um, so when I was drafted, I was oh shoot, I'm with Maurice. That's cool. So, but Maurice is a competitor, right? And Maurice hates coming off the field hates it so i never forget one time man this is it's just funny the uh we're playing against the kansas city chiefs and you know maurice is doing his thing out there balling and he gets up he just got tackled he's going back to the huddle and he couldn't get his shoe on right and so he, he mad on it come in somebody get me so coach is like trying to get in the game and this is this is my first time for playing now i play special team stuff this is my first time oh shoot Oh, let me get right. You know, I'm rookie. Marie's coming off the field. I'm going in. And I go in, you know, I give him a little five, go in. I'm nervous. I hear the play. And boom, is an outside zone to the left. Blue Eddie said, hug, get the ball. <laughs> 30-yard touchdown. First oh. time. Touchdown. Oh. Hey, so I'm beating my chest. I'm screaming and everything. Marie started spatting. 
His shoe never <laughs> fell off again. He, that shoe was never, yeah, exactly right. He goes, no, enough of that. I ain't, I've seen enough of that. Hey, so yeah, give, give Maurice a hard time on that one. Hey, he never came. He spatted for the rest of the season. His shoe never came off. He I, will, I, will, I will definitely remind him of that. Uh, Rashad, this has been great. I love the perspectives you bring. And that'll do it for this episode of Total Access, The Locker Room. For more insight with a locker room point of view, check out the latest episodes every Wednesday and Friday on Apple and Spotify. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. This is Ashley Iconetti from the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous podcast. The state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at a historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laughing as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect.